100. Brendan. Uh, I asked Bally to kick us off on our first uh, Sunday here. You know, it's a new year, new start, and actually he's going to encourage us and challenge us uh, for this coming year, I'm sure. But let's just pray as we start. Amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for, for this year coming. Well, thank you for Bali. Thank you for all his preparations. And I pray that each one of us would leave this place with what you've uh, given to Bali, encouraged and strengthened, but also challenged for the year ahead. And I pray over this next 25, 30 minutes that we will have open hearts to what you want to say to us. We wouldn't be closed off or uh, think of just another New Year's message, but we have open hearts because you want to bless Thank us you. with encouragement and strengthen us. Father God, just, just, yeah, just pray we have a good, uh, a good time and value. Yeah, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Wish you a happy New Year, everyone. Did you all have a good time, a good holiday? Yeah, I hope you'll have. Right, how hopeful, hopeful are you for 2019? Right, shall I give you some, some, not everyone? Right. Well, it's the first Sunday of 2019, so I've been praying about this and asking God, what would you like me to share? And I have this problem, whenever I get to preach, I always end up having two messages. I have this problem every single time. I was like, which one I preach? Which one do you want me to share? And it goes on and on and on and on. And, and just probably a couple of days before the preaching, I decide which one I'm going to share. So that's what happened with this one as well. So, okay. And um, here is a useless piece of information for some of you. I'm going to kick off with a useless piece of information. Do you know on the Christmas Day, well, from the Christmas Eve until the end of Christmas Day, in England and Wales alone, 13 people submitted online divorce requests. They filed for divorce on Christmas Day. Christmas Day is known as what? Day of hope, joy, peace. For some people, it wasn't. Some people, it was hopeless day. So they filed for divorce, 13 people. From Christmas Day until 1st of January, 455 people filed for divorces. Online. This is online. Why am I sharing this useless piece of information? It's because this is a period of time people are hopeful, uh, planning things, and uh, looking forward to stuff. But for some people, it wasn't the case. For some people, they're like, I just want to bring everything to an end. I just don't have hope anymore in this. How many of you feel like that this morning? Already six days into New Year, you feel like your hope's gone, your dream's gone, you planned and you had a New Year resolution and all everything set up. Is it all gone or is it still hopeful or is some of them like mm, not really sure? It's just I'm not that holding my breath uh, for the things that I really like to see in my life. And what does the Bible say about it? Shall we turn our Bibles to Ezekiel 37? And I know this morning that I'm going to go the old-fashioned way. Unfortunately, you don't have the scripture on the screen. And blame me, don't blame Liz, because I didn't send the scripture verses in time to put it on uh, the screen. So you have to use your paper Bibles or your phones, uh, whatever you've got. Right, Ezekiel 37. I'm going to first read it, and then we're going to talk about it, okay? Right. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord 
and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God these bones, to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and you will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath. And breathe on these slain, and that they may live. So I prophesied, as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Then I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it declares the Lord. For a moment, imagine if a foreign army invades Great Britain and they destroy every landmark in the land. Think about Buckingham Palace, St. Paul's Cathedral, Big Ben, Parliament, every single thing that resembles Great Britain and its pride they wipe it to the, they just completely raise it to the ground. And then they take all the educated and clever, smart people out of the country and they take them to a different country, exile them. And the foreign army is in the land and the entire English nation lost its name, its ethnicity, its landmarks, its faith and everything. How would you feel? It's not just one day, it's not two days, it's not a year, it's not a two, it's not three. It's for a very long time. How would you feel? It's very hard to think about it, isn't it? That's what happened here. The Babylonian army invaded Israel. Israel was once upon a, a time, they were a family, Abraham and his sons, and then they became a uh, Na uh, ethnic, an ethnic group and they became a nation and then they had their own country but and then they went out of God's will and then the next thing you know the foreign army invaded the Babylonian completely destroyed the nation took all the smart people out of the country and they lost all hope for years about 70 years they were in exile 
And then God raises prophet Ezekiel, and he says, God takes him and in his spirit and shows him this picture. What he sees is a valley full of dry bones. But Ezekiel, he, makes an, he puts an emphasis. He doesn't say just dry bones. He says very dry bones. What's the difference between dry bones and very dry bones? That means it's been dead for a very long time. It's not just dry. It's very dry. Nothing in it. So what he's pretty much saying, it's not just hopeless. It's hopeless beyond hopelessness. Okay? That's the situation as a nation Israel was in. How about you this morning? Already six days into the new year. Is your hope still intact? Oh, things are happening. You're feeling like, oh, it doesn't look like going to happen. So God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? That's the question that we all have when we face with things that's impossible. Things that seem like they will never ever happen. Things that seems like they are dead and gone. And the question that God poses to us is, can this live? If God asks you about your situation, I don't know what your situation is, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's relational, I don't know what it is. It could be anything. Your hopes are maybe dashed. Maybe already your hope's gone. You've given up on things. You think like, look what, this is not going to happen. I'm just going to settle for what I've got at the moment. Right? But God asks you the question this morning, can these bones live? What are your bones? How dry are they? Can they live? And Ezekiel's response is interesting. What does he say in verse 3? Sorry, in verse 5. He says, O Lord God, you know. Verse 3. It's an interesting answer, isn't it? He kind of pushes it back to God. He doesn't actually tell him what he thinks. He says to him, when God asks Ezekiel, Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live? And Ezekiel looks at God and he says, oh God, you know. Why? Why does he say that to God? I believe it's because Ezekiel, being a prophet, he doesn't want to be negative. And at the same time, as a human being, he's got his struggles, his own and so what he's doing is he's reverting back to God and he's saying, actually, you know what the answer is to this question. So when we are faced with hopeless situations, circumstances, whether it's your health, your finances, your job, your relationships, or even if it's a church, you look at the church and you look at all these empty chairs and say, like, Lord, are we ever going to fill these empty chairs? Are we going to see pool being saved? How many people, thousand people seem? 15,000, is it? Pool population? 160,000. Pool. Wow. I didn't know 160,000 people live in pool. Right. God, is it possible at least 10% of 160,000, is it possible to see these people being saved? Well, God pushes that question back to you. Can these live? Can they be saved? What would your answer be? We find a situation in the Bible, another situation. Let's just go back to it. There are four answers, I believe, to this question. We can answer four different ways. 
The first one is we can answer like Job's wife. Do you know what Job's wife's answer was when disaster struck? In a single day, sometimes we are too quick to criticize Job's wife. Let's hold on before we criticize her, before we judge her. Put yourself in the shoes of Job's wife, right? In one single day, you lose your entire business, right? That's what happened to Job. He lost everything. He was a farmer. He lost everything in a single day. And the next thing, while he was trying to process all this, how on earth all of this happened, he was trying to process that information, and another servant comes in, and he says, Job, do you know all of your seven children just died? The roof collapsed on them. How would you cope if someone comes to you and say, all of your children in a car, they were driving, and they're on their way to go and see a sightseeing or a party or concert, and that they got involved in an accident, all of them died on the spot. How would you respond? Job's wife. And it didn't end there. Job's still holding on to his faith. And then next thing, why you know, Job gets this skin condition that it's itchy, so itchy to the point, the skin coming off, so he sits in ashes, and he takes a piece of pottery, and then he starts scratching himself. And his wife looks at him and says, like, what on earth is going on? God, where are you? You are supposed to be Jehovah Jireh. You are suppo supposed to be Jehovah Nissi. You are supposed to be Jehovah Shalom. I can't see any of those. All I see is the business is gone, my children are dead, and my husband is ill and is scratching himself. And what's going on? She walks up to Job saying, you know what, Job? Curse God and die. There's no point. There's nothing beyond this. How about you and me? What do we do when we face with hopeless situations? What, for argument's sake, let me just present you worst case scenario. If 2019 turns out to be not the way you want it to be, what would your response be? Would you be like Job's wife, say, curse God and die, I'm going to turn my back to God and then go. People do, that's how people turn away from God. Because some people treat God like a genie. Do you know what's the difference between genie and God? There are so many differences. Let me give you one difference. With a genie, it doesn't exist, but argument's sake, whenever you need something, what do you do? Just take that brass thing, whatever you want to call it. What is it called? Lamp. And you rub it. There comes the genie out of it and say, what would you like me to do? And you tell the genie what you want, and the genie gives you a wish. Some people treat God like that. We, I said, no, I don't rub a lamp. No, we don't rub a lamp. Well, we take this, and then we pray a prayer. And we expect God to turn up and then give me what I want. And if he doesn't, then something is wrong with God. Or he doesn't exist. So that's Job's wife's response. Curse God and die. The second person that we can look at here is Ezekiel. I've already looked at He's not sure exactly whether these bones can live. 
And at the same time, he doesn't want to give in to his doubt. So he reverts back to God and say, you are all-knowing God. You are almighty God. You are all-powerful God. So you know what the answer to this question is. That's not a bad answer, is it? So you go back to God. So I'm not going to emphasize too much on that one. So the third answer is, Peter, in the New Testament, we read that in John 6, 68. Let's read that quickly. John chapter 6. It's a new Bible, so it takes a little bit of time for me to turn. It's like using a new weapon. Sorry, I've got the wrong scripture uh, there, haven't I? Right. Ignore the scripture for a minute. I'll tell you what it is. Jesus starts teaching some of the hardest things. And the Bible says some of his disciples left him. Right? Not all of Jesus' disciples followed him. Some of them left him because they couldn't handle the teaching. So Jesus turns around to his 12 disciples and he says, you going to leave too? And then Peter turns around and says to Jesus, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. That's a good answer. To who else shall we go? Where else can you go? Just because things don't work out for you, just because your prayers don't get answered the way you want, where else would you go? Is there anyone better than God? Can you think of anyone better than God? No. Because he has the words of eternal life. He can do it. He can do it. When you are faced with, this is one of my prayers, when I find it difficult sometimes with things in life and I can't work out why things are happening after praying for so long, I get on my knees and I say to God, where else shall I go? Where else can I go? Nowhere. Only you. Only you. Because you have the words of eternal life. God has the words of eternal life. There is nowhere else. Where would you go? Would you go to Buddha? He tried. He tried not to age. He tried not to get sick. He tried not to die. But he ended up doing all of it. Well, he didn't end up doing it, but it happened to him. But so you can't go there. And I can go to all the other religious leaders or the founders. No, you can't. But Jesus Christ, the God of the Bible, he's the one who beat death and hell and rose from death. So where else would you go? Nowhere else. So that's the answer Peter gave. So this morning, the question, when God asks us, when in our hopeless situations, where we can't see what's happening, we could either answer like 
Job's wife and say, curse God and die. I'm not going to hold on to this any longer. Or we can answer like Ezekiel and say, God, you know the answer to this. Or you could answer like Peter and say, well, where else will I go? For whom else shall we go? Oh, the fourth one. This is a really hard one. You need really great faith. You can answer like Job. What did Job say? In the book of Job, chapter 13, verse 15. Job 13, 15. I'll let you read because of time's sake. I'm not going to read that. Job said, even if he slays me, yet I will worship him. What a great faith is that. Even if God kills me. Here's a man who lost his business, lost all of his children, lost his health. Now his wife is also saying, look, die, please. What's the point you living after this? And he says, even if God kills me, still I will serve him. That's the kind of hope that he had in God. So, 2019, if we face different circumstances, hopeless situation, hopeless circumstances, what would we do? So I'm just putting this out there before you go into the rest of the year. How would you respond if you're faced with a situation, circumstance, that is not in your favor? Would you still hold on to God? So finally, so why does God do this? Why, why does he do all of this? Why does, why does God restore? God is saying to the, uh, Ezekiel here, I will bring life to this dry bones. And that's what God does. God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to this dry bones. And he prophesies to this dry bones. And then what happens to the next thing? All these bones come together. And then there comes sinews and then flesh and then skin. And the next thing you see, these dry bones turn into an army of people. But there is a problem. Do you know what the problem is? If you read that passage, you would find out they were still dead. Even though there is an army, there's a dead army. What good is with a dead army? What's the point of a dead army? No point. They're still dead. There is a point in here that I'm trying to make. Miracles sometimes takes more than one time prophesying to come into fruition. God says to Ezekiel again, prophesy again. Second time. And then he prophesies again to this dead army. This time what happens, God puts life into that dead army. And then it becomes the living army. So we could come here, we can gather here, we can sing songs, we can worship God, we could still remain as a dead army. But we need to be a living army. What makes us a living army, what makes miracles happen, is the word of God. Do you think these bones can live again? Not physically, not humanly. But what made these bones live again? God's word. 
when he said to Ezekiel, prophesy, it became alive. How did God create the sun and the moon and the stars and everything that you see? How did he create them? He spoke. He spoke. Do you know the, the, the difference why, the difference between something every day and something miracle is that miracles are happening all the time, but we have seen them so often, and we find, found a way to explain it, and therefore they are no longer a miracle. Do you know how far this sun is from Earth? 93 million miles. If you jump into a, a commercial airline and then fly non-stop from Earth to the sun, it's not possible, but if you try, if it's possible, it will take 127 years. Non-stop. Okay? But still, this sun, which is about 93 million miles away, we feel its warmth, don't we? It still makes our flowers flourish, blossom. It makes our plants grow. Who created them? God. How did he create them? With his word. But if he could do that, couldn't he do that with these dry bones, with dead bones? Of course he can. Can he speak into your circumstances and situations, make them live again? Of course he can. What makes them live again? God's word. Not our cleverness, not how well we know, or not even our faith. It's God's word that brings life into things. And in that passage, just sorry, final point. In that passage, God says something three times. He explains why he does this. In Ezekiel 37, God said in verse 8, say 6, he said, You shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. And again, verse 13, and said, you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves. And again, verse 14, then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. Why does God do all of this? Why does he answer to your prayer? Why does he answer to my prayer? Why does he do, do miracles? Why did he create the universe? Why? So that we know him. So that we know him. Do you know the only God who wants to reveal himself so desperately to his creation is God of the Bible. Do you know in Genesis, what did God do in the Garden of Eden? He came to walk with Adam. With Abraham, what did God do? He wanted to walk with Abraham. Going back with Enoch, what did God want to do? He wanted to walk with Enoch. In the New Testament, three and a half years, what did Jesus do? He, the Bible says he chose 12 disciples so that they may be with him. That's the reason that Jesus chose as well. He chose 12 disciples so that they may be with him 
that he may send them out. Before he sending them out, he wanted them to be with him. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, he said, I count everything a loss for the surpassing knowledge of Christ. God does all of this, it's not because of for any other reason, for only one reason, so that he can reveal himself to us, so that we can know who God is. God wants to reveal himself to us. Isn't that amazing? The God who created that sun that is about 93 million miles away, he's saying, I want you to know me. I want to reveal myself to you. If we do nothing in 2019, absolutely nothing, can we make a decision that I'm going to do everything that I can this year to get to know God more? If you want to find out whether someone knows God or not, how do you find out if someone knows of God or not? Watch their decisions. How they make decisions when they're faced with a decision. Just watch them how they make decisions. Just watch how they talk. Just watch what they prioritize in life. Then you will find out if they know God or not. So this morning, I like to leave that there and I say, the question is, can this dry bones live again? Can your hopes come back to life in 2019? These hopes may have been dead for a very, very long time, like these dry bones for 70 years. They were in exile. Your hopes can come to life, but there is a condition. It will only come to life if you keep speaking the word of God to it. It's the word of God that brings life to it. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bally. Um, Rich is going to lead us in a few songs, and we're going to respond. So should we stand? Let's get this blood moving a bit more. Oxygen goes to your mind. No, Bally challenged us, as he says, in 2019, as to how, how we're going to respond. Because in many, in many ways, we are certain to get things as we don't expect in 2019. Certain. Maybe small, maybe big, but certain. But how are we going to respond? And as we sing a few songs, which Rich is going to lead us in, uh, I just want to offer prayer for people. Uh, that myself and a couple of the ministry team are going to be at the back. And if you would like prayer, because maybe you have something that is even before the start of 2019, well, start of 2019 now, but you're even worrying about something already, or there's something particular that you're thinking, oh, no, not this situation, or I've got to do that at the end of the year, or this thing, or next week. You know, we want to pray with you. You know, this is a place where we gather as a church. We should pray for one another. So don't uh, feel that you need to just sit there and 